What's up, guys? This is the Prime Design Podcast. My name is Mitra Kuzmahenina. And I'm Ryan Srinivasan. And we are two halves of Cerberus Trillion, an independent video game studio that prides itself in making games that are innovative, cool, and hopefully fun to play. And when we say innovative, we mean innovative. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we do this podcast every week. Oh, God, did I just say podcast? We do this pod- <laughs> I'm not British. We do this podcast every week uh, <laughs> to talk about game design um, and how it relates to you know different games that we played um, and different games that are in the news right now. Uh, and then we also go over sections from the Game Design 101 blog from uh, the Critical Gaming Network website, which is made by Richard Terrell. Uh, so each week we go over one of the articles in there. Um, and if you're looking for more Richard Terrell content, he is now on designoriented.net. Um, but yeah, he's got a ton of, ton of really good info on there. So each week we go through one of his uh, blog posts on there. Uh, this week, we will be recapping Interplay, uh, the past two parts for Interplay, which we've done in past episodes. And we will be talking about Neo RPG, which is a game that Richard Terrell has created. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Dope. All right. So today, yes, we will be recapping and then uh, we're going to actually hand it over to the, to, to the listeners and you guys should go to the uh, page in the Critical Gaming Network blog that corresponds with the Neo RPG uh, game that Terrell made so that you guys can uh, uh, follow along, look at the, the interplay map and kind of map out the interplay yourselves. So as a recap, um, the first uh episode of the mario uh, melody's interplay was just to introduce interplay like what it what it actually is in games and some examples and so interplay in games is really when mechanics uh interact with each other an example uh that richard Terrell gave in his article uh is super mario galaxy now if you've ever played super mario galaxy there's a boss level um called the boulder geist boulder geist and in this uh boss battle um Mario is not able to attack the boss directly with punches, kicks, spins, or whatever. The only way he can do it, the only way he can do damage, is he must blast away the rocky exterior uh, using bomb boos. Now, if you've never, if you've never played Mario, you don't know what a boo is. Uh, it's a, first of all, it's spelled B-O-O, right? It's a boo, and it's a white, fluffy, like, ghost. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a marshmallow ghost-like thing. Um, and those boos uh, is what Mario has to like use to destroy the rocky exterior of the boulder geist. And so um, once you've blasted away that interior, uh, you just need to, or that, oh, sorry, once you've blasted away the exterior and then there's a weak spot, then you can throw more boos, bomb boos, to destroy and finish off the boulder geist. So the way boulder geist defends itself is it has dome punches, it has shockwave rock walls, hand slams and projectile rocks some of which contain bamboos and so mario can avoid all of these by just like you know getting out of the way but to directly counter the projectile rocks he has to do a spin attack or um if he avoids the rock then the bamboos will then seek him out and explode on contact which will hurt mario and so these boos you cannot they cannot be hurt just by jumping on them you have to spin at them and so this is a level of interplay already. So by spinning to attack a bamboo, Mario can swing the ghost by their tongue. So he'll catch it, catch the bamboo by its tongue, spin it around, and then once he releases the bamboo, it's a bomb, so it'll explode. That'll be Mario's attack. So that's the only way Mario can damage the boulder guy's main body. So then to counter Mario's attack, uh with the spin, the uh, hands and rocks of the bouldergeist counter by being able to, to protect the, the active shields uh, to the exploding bamboos. Um, so the final level of interplay comes from the bamboos themselves. Now to recap kind of this whole thing, I, I spewed a lot right there, but basically to damage the bouldergeist, which is the boss, Mario has to blast away its exterior. The only way to do that is to uh, throw bamboos at 
the boss. Now, once Mario grabs a hold of a bamboo by its tongue, the bamboo itself slowly, uh, like, it's like a ticking time bomb. They'll slowly retract their tongue as Mario's swinging. So if, if Mario takes too long to swing the bamboo, it'll explode on Mario. And that's the bamboo's counter to Mario's attack. So you have to balance grabbing the bamboos, timing the swing to hit the bouldergeist without getting swatted away by the hand of the bouldergeist, but you can't wait too long because the bamboo will retract its tongue and explode on Mario. So everything's kind of very dynamic and everything's very explosive and you have to really time everything and it's just beautiful. Um, and so this, there's all this spacing and timing, this is what makes the interplay of this specific example amazing. And there's a many levels um, and it really fits the uh, like form fits function. This is a great example of that because the the booze tongue is like a perfect timer you know for the the interplay that it, it creates. So although this example went to five levels of interplay you don't need it to be this complex um, to be interesting. You don't need this many levels. So coming off of that um, the next episode, we kind of outlined what interplay looks like in terms of Super Mario Bros. Um, and so in Super Mario Bros, there are three, or technically four levels. So there's level zero, which is Mario just standing there doing nothing. He's idle. This uh, first level is his, his jump. The second level is his run, his duck, his slide, his swim, and his fireball throw. And the third level is the Starman power-up and the Koopa Shell attacks. So kind of there's a there's a there's a graphic that Richard Terrell puts up on his website that shows how the Goomba interplay works within Mario based on the environment and Mario's uh, actions related to the Goomba so uh, I implore you guys to go to the uh, Mario Melodies interplay part 2 article and look at this Goomba interplay chart and just not only envision how it works, but kind of see how deep it can go and how many avenues the interaction with the simple Goomba can be. Um, so I won't go over it now, but I'll let you guys do that on your own. And now to wrap up this whole interplay uh, set chapter and section, uh, we are gonna look at a game that Richard Terrell uh, worked on and he made a game called Neo RPG. Now he started to make an RPG, but then as he, kind of addressed all the poor game design issues uh, with RPGs. He kind of became, it became an action game. Um, and so it, it, he really tried to keep it uh, as simple as possible, really tried to stay true to form fits function. Um, and after watching some of the videos of him playing, I'd say that's, uh, he really did do that. And I think it looks, not only does it look fun, but it looks like a solid game in terms of game design. Um, so the exercise that I want you guys to uh, work on uh, before next week is to, or before you like, listen on to the rest of the episodes, uh, whenever you listen to this, is to look at, first of all, watch the videos uh, that he has on YouTube about the game itself. He kind of explains it. And then look at this uh, interplay map that he kind of put up uh, on his, on this article, uh, on the corresponding article to this, which is the new RPG article. And, map out the interplay in this game. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, mapping to do because there's a lot of different uh, aspects, but I think you'll find that it's, uh, it'll be a really rewarding experience for people who really want to get this, like get it down and get it really uh, solid for future game. Like getting this down and making sure you really understand interplay is, you can make some really great games. So I implore you guys as a challenge to do this. Um, and then when you get the chance, if you do finish mapping out the game, uh, send it to Richard Terrell and uh, have him um, kind of go over it with you as to what you got right or wrong or, you know, what he did or his thoughts, you know, things like that. All right. So uh, this week's mechanic is going to be the gravity gun from Half-Life 2. Uh, <laughs> when I first kind of started playing these games, like I, I, I didn't realize I my computer could run games and stuff so uh that was one of the first games like this and portal was one of the first games that i got on my computer and actually started playing um so yeah the gravity gun blew me away or just kind of the whole environment because so much of that world was was interactable like there were all these objects laying around you could 
you know, do different things with. And then uh, once you put the gravity gun in there, you could interact with like larger objects and things like that. And then that was tied into the gameplay of actually solving puzzles and things like that. Um, said things like that like six times there, but <laughs> get the idea. <laughs> um, yeah, Sorry, so I thought that was really interesting because I'd, I'd never really been presented with the puzzles like they had in that game where it required the gravity gun to actually solve them and in order to progress in the story and the interesting interesting thing to me or the part that was so fascinating to me was that there really wasn't straightforward instructions for it that you were just given you had to go through it and figure it out yourself um yeah and then uh, the gravity gun just led to a whole bunch of really fun different uh i don't know gameplay styles where you could pick up objects and throw them at people um i know in the that zombie level i think it's like raven raven ravenholm i think it's called uh you can pick up like saw blades and shoot them at the uh uh head crab zombie guys and like just slice them in half which i thought that was just a really cool thing <laughs> it was pretty fun and just you know interesting um and then in half-life episode two where there's the achievement to carry that gnome all the way like to the end of the game it's not necessarily with the part of the gravity gun thing, but I, I just thought that was cool yeah. how like parts of the world that were interactable could then be carried through. Like that was that was something that you could focus on. Yeah, it, it, I thought that was just fascinating, and I'd never played a game like that where you could actually interact with the world. Mm. Yeah, no, Half Life is dope, um, especially the gravity gun. A lot has been made in terms of like videos and media. Uh, related to that. There's a quarter digital video uh, based on the gravity gun. Um, and so, no, it's uh, it's gone past just a game and uh, yeah. become kind of a meme. But, okay, yeah, so now we're going to transition to the interview with a friend of mine uh, who doesn't have that much experience with video games and we're just going get to get her perspective. So that was our mechanic portion and we are now moving into the interview section. Uh, today, we have a great guest with us. Uh, her name is Kim. She goes to school at St. Olaf, similar to the guest we had last episode, yeah, episode last before episode. that, last episode. Um, and this is an interview that will kind of give us a perspective of someone who isn't near the video game industry quite as much as we are, or our previous guest, or maybe even future guests. So uh, let's get right into it. So uh, we'll let Kim, we'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and we'll go from there. All right, thanks Mita. My name is Kim and like Mita said, I go to St. Olaf. I'm a chemistry major and I hope to go uh, to med school and do a general practice somewhere in like a rural area is my passion. Outside of school, I play ultimate Frisbee and I'm also an EMT. All right, so what has been your past experiences with video games? Most of my past experience has been watching video games. I have a handful of older cousins who are male who were very into video games, like they had Playstations, they had um, Xboxes, they had Nintendo items. Um, I myself started uh, with a Game Boy Advance when I got that for Christmas, I believe in second grade it was. And I played Pokemon, I played all sorts of those Game Boy <laughs> games that came out when like movies came out, like the SpongeBob Game Boy game or the oh, Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I watched a lot of video games uh, because I loved hanging out with my cousins and I, my guilty pleasures, I really love watching people play video games. So I would watch. Yeah, I support that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like it's, it's like this trend of... Uh, people are just like streamers streamers are getting huge like you can make big bucks streaming games if you're good or funny yeah it's, i mean it's kind of fun <laughs> it's a good way to like have some background noise if you're doing stuff you know just mm -hmm. have something going on have somebody doing something it's kind of nice yeah so of all the games you've ever played what would be your favorite game and why i really loved when the nintendo came out with the ds uh, because I really liked how I could play with my other cousins. So we would all uh, have our DSs out and go into those, I think it was a Picto chat, I think is what it was called. We'd like mess around with that, you know, before we had cell phones. And um, I also really loved 
uh, Mario Kart, how we could race against each other. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and <laughs> it was, like, I just loved doing that because it was fun. We could be in different rooms. Um, we would often try, like, we would go, we call it caravans, but, like, our families would, like, travel to go camping together or something. So, like, in different vehicles, we could still play against each other because, like, the range would be good enough, usually. Um, so, I think because of being able to like play with my cousins and it was just like a big deal at the time. I really loved like Mario Kart on the DS. Um, but my favorite more current video game, I really like watching destiny. I haven't really played much of it, but I really like watching it, um, on the Xbox. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know Picto chat was insane. Like, yeah. When that whole thing came out, I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea this technology existed to do something like this. And then the fact you could do it between cars, I, I was astounding. I had no idea that was possible. Yeah, I think that, at least for me, my memories of Mario Kart are actually not even playing it. It's, uh, there was a band trip to Florida our senior year of high school. And I remember, or maybe even to New York, and regardless, there were people in the, the bus, in the back of the bus, and there were like three or four of them just on their DSs playing Mario Kart for like hours, just, just straight playing Mario Kart beautiful and that that was kind of after like the peak of the ds too yeah they just still had them and they're just still playing them it was like the og ds as well it wasn't like the 3ds or anything yeah 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 okay so uh we've talked a lot about game mechanics on this podcast um so i'll do a brief brief recap about what a, a game mechanic is um and then ask you a little bit about what your favorite mechanic is um, so game mechanics are essentially anything that a player can do. Uh, I, we've talked a lot about, uh, Super Mario Bros. So, you know, a good example of that would be just jumping, like something as simple as that. Um, and it could, you know, get, you know, super complex with it, but basically it's just anything that a player does within the game. And then, you know, you layer on the, the other levels of that, like we've talked about in the past podcast and it, in the end of the day, it builds up this, this whole game. So yeah, um, what would you say that your favorite mechanic is from a game? Okay, if I still understand what mechanic is, I really, I guess I would say being able to shoot and kill the enemies in the video game. I really like watching those like one, like first player shooting games. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> Not sure if that's what you're getting into. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that works. Yeah, I, don't know. I know. Like, what I played that that was always like the the part of video games that prevented me from being scared of them. Because I know as a kid, I was like always scared of like scary movies. But in video games, you actually had power to like change, or, you know, interact with the world and like kill monsters and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, I definitely support that. <laughs> how much How much video games do you play now, if any, if at all? I don't play any when I'm at college. I try really hard to stay focused because um, I can get super sucked into things like video games really easily. Um, I would say when I go home, my guilty pleasure is every once in a while playing some Sims. That was kind of like a big video game for me. Actually, that would have been my video game before my Nintendo Advance, like Nintendo um, like 64 or even the Game Boy. Like me and my cousins played a lot of Sims at my grandma's house. Um, anyway, but I would say when I go home, I'll play on the Xbox um, maybe an hour or two a day, depending on how long I'm home. Uh, but I'll play like with my brother, I'll play like Gears of War is kind of like our older guilty pleasure, but otherwise some Destiny or some Modern Warfare. Okay, so now coming into this next question is, what would get you to play video games more? Yeah, we'll go with that. Honestly, a lot of video games nowadays are really incorporating like a play online, play against other people, and I fucking hate it. I am not good enough to go against these people who spend hours a week playing video games. Like, that's great that you do. That's awesome. You're really good at it. So then those games are like, go play with people online. I get fucking shit on, and it's no fun. Um, I feel that. Like... <laughs> I'm not good enough for that kind of shit. And so those, a lot of those games that are now coming out where like you're forced to play online with other people all the time, I'm not a fan of. So having an option to have more like storyline games. 
I was about to say, sing, like singular experience, uh, narrative focused. I'm starting to see that also in uh, in more indie game, in the indie game space. I feel like that's coming back, but uh, totally yeah. understand. Yeah, um, no. Single player games, I absolutely love it because of that. Like, you know, you don't have to rely on connecting to a server or doing like matchmaking stuff. And then you can just have like a nice experience regardless mm-hmm. of your, your skill level. Because I know I'm terrible at video games and multiplayer yeah, games. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. You can just go and have a good time and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just easier. All right. So uh, what would be your ideal video game if you could come up with anything or play anything? That is a really hard question because I I wouldn't say that like that kind of creativity is anything that I've really like spent much brain power on. I think it's so cool how y'all like talk about how you'd make a video game and what you'd put into it. That's not something I really think about. I mostly just think about if I see a video game, whether or not I'd like to play it or not. Uh, but my ideal video game to play would probably be I really enjoy like the racing games and I think that's maybe because I feel like I'm better at those my ideal video game to watch is like one of those video games that has a really complex storyline I love good storylines um and one where it's kind of a combination of like covert missions um where you have to honestly ones that are like more violent like I like you know like either killing your enemies with swords or guns or whatever, I think those are more exciting than um, something like Portal is a really cool game, but I don't really enjoy watching it because it's just watching someone solve a puzzle. I'd rather play that myself. So when it comes to watching video games, I'd rather watch something like Assassin's Creed or Modern Warfare Destiny. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Um, And so as someone who not only may not play like you know as much video games um, or be around the industry as much as us uh, or others, do you have any perceptions of the video game industry? I have a general idea that there are video game companies that are more powerful and bigger than others. any perception I have of the video game industry definitely comes straight from whatever my cousins or little brother are saying about certain games or certain companies and aren't like my own thoughts. Um, But I guess when thinking of my own thoughts, I personally like Nintendo. I don't know if they're like a super moral company, but I've just kind of grown up with their consoles with their games. So those are Nintendo um, as like a franchise is near and dear to my heart. and I guess along that would also be, like, I also really love, like, Pokemon as well. It's also near and dear to my heart, but I wouldn't, like, Super Mario, like, anything Mario, but I know that's all kind of within the same industry, so. What would you, do you, are you familiar with, uh, like, the independent video game industry at all? I would say probably not. I do enjoy watching like I have a Steam account and I have some video games that I play on my Steam account that I don't think are from a major company so they're probably indie um but I wouldn't even know how to label a video game company as indie and this is a a question that actually I just uh thought of right now is when you do search for games on Steam, or you get the inkling to look for a game on Steam, how do you usually do it? My Steam usage pretty much is a direct result of what my little brother says that he think I would like. My brother is very active on Reddit. I think he hears from Reddit indie games that are really interesting and that are fun, and then he based off of that, will text me or if we're together, cause like I'm home from college, he'll show it to me maybe on his computer or like encourage me to download it myself. But I on Steam have either looked up games that I know already exist because I played it when I was younger, like Age of Empire. I fucking love Age of Empire. Downloaded that on Steam. Um, but I don't do any of my own Steam searches. 
Yeah, no, I, I that kind of yeah. resonates with me because I feel like most of the time I, I, I see all these like playthroughs and things, and I'm like, oh, that's super sick. Or I see like I don't know reviews and trailers and things like that, of people hyping up a game, and I'm tend to go more towards that. And in general, they're like AAA games or you know not independent games. So I think it it it's kind of difficult sometimes to go and find you know indie games uh, unless you're you know exclusively looking for it or you you have somebody like us <laughs> trying to find oh, yeah. and talk about yeah. it. <laughs> you know, do something like this podcast where we have to like you know go through news and like try to uncover stuff mm-hmm. okay so yeah that was a great interview um hope to have her on again and uh now we're going to go into some AAA game news um something i've seen recently is the smash the new smash is going to have uh or is it the new Smash or previous Smash? Let me, let me just confirm. The new one, I think. Like the okay. uh, uh, what's that thing called? Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh the Switch. Yeah, Switch Super Smash Bros. Yeah, the Switch. Exactly. Yes. So, um, I really should research this more before getting on the goddamn podcast. Um, I should know the shit. Um, but really, they are coming out with a new character uh, that they haven't come out with before, and it's the Piranha Plant from the Mario franchise. If you're not familiar with the Piranha Plant, it was present in the OG uh, Super Smash Bros. Super Smash Bros. the original in 1985, and it would come out of the pipes. So if you ever play the game, there's a pipe, and if you get close enough to it, the Piranha can come out and, like, start chomping. And if you hit the Piranha, like, you know, you die. Um, there wasn't really graphic or anything, which is a tr- shame, but still. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're they're bringing the piranha plant into the game, and uh, there's already a lot of like funny tweets and uh, funny media about it. If you go to the Kotaku uh, article, but personally, I find it quite fascinating. And the reason I find it quite fascinating is it's it doesn't have feet, like it has it's it's a plant in like a in like a like a va- like a, a clay. Like, uh, what is it called? Like a, a vase? A pot thing? Like a pot. Yes, it's in a pot. Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that, how do I not know what that is? But it's in a, like in a, in a clay pot, right? And is it just going to waddle? Is it going to jump? Is it going to, I don't know what its movement is going to be. Do you know what I mean? Is it, is it, are its roots going to be like legs? Do you know what I mean? Like, that would be interesting. You know, it can like slither around like an octopus or something. But I don't know what its movement's going to be. But uh, I know that the mouth is going to have a lot uh, to do with the attacking. It probably can, like, like slam its face. Like it could slap you with its head or something. Maybe bite you a little bit. Yeah, I just don't know what kind of moves they, they're going to give it, you know? Yeah, we, we talked about the Piranha Plant in the Interplay episode, I think, last time. Um, so, yeah, stuff going on there. If you guys haven't seen the trailer for this new Super Smash Bros., though, it looks super badass. Definitely. I have not seen the trailer. Yeah. I think I will go check that out. It, so, yeah, it, it came out pretty recently. Um, and holy cow, it looks badass. <laughs> so, yeah, give that a, give that yeah. a watch. Oh, legit. And, and you, know what's, you know what? I'm, I'm a lifelong uh, Nintendo fan. I always have been. And I think that, like, from their days of, of crushing... Like, well, first of all, I did not live during the days of the original Super Smash Bros. But uh, I appreciate that era um because they're the ogs of good game design and then we come into the era of the n64 and my foray into fps was the og golden eye 007 um and then you know just and then we got uh, my family also bought a wii as well like we've had a wii for like since it came out and and i think that was game changing um although it set them back uh in the in the what is it? The console master race. But um, yeah. I feel like they're making a comeback that is rightfully due to them because they're, I think what, what pisses me off the most is like, they're not viewed as like serious gaming and they weren't viewed that way for probably from like 2006 until like 2013. Like for a long time, they were not viewed as the serious gaming platform. Um, and maybe they, that was a, on part during their further marketing or maybe their products and, and some of the, the, the successes and failures. But I feel like now they're back in the, in the hunt. Uh, 
because they're bringing titles like Dark Souls um, and the new Legend of Zelda, which I think is uh, absolutely breathtaking. Um, they, I think they even have Odyssey, if I'm not mistaken. They may or may not have it. They, they are, if they don't now, they're going to bring it later. Um, and they already have like, I believe they have COD. I'm, I'm blanking on some things. They may have Forza. I, there's like, what my point is, is more and more like games are getting ported to the Switch that you would not anticipate being ported to the Switch. And it's a portable console. Like that to me, they're just always changing the game. Uh, and uh, I'm happy that uh, they're coming back. That, that's all. I, you know what I mean? Like I just feel great. You know, they're coming back. Yeah. They're back on the map again. Feels good. Yeah. I like you know? definitely once they once they did the Wii though, it was just like boom, like a completely different, you know, way that they wanted to go with everything. Cause like when the yeah. Wii came out, like actual people yeah. that, that previously weren't interested in video games like started doing things, you know? I they mean, did. Yeah, I think it changed the market. Yeah. Yeah. They became a more casual friend like uh, company for sure. And I think it started with the Wii, but but also like i mean it got away from hardcore gaming but it also opened the door to so many other cool things like you'd have like your your grandma or whatever playing playing some wii games with you which i think yeah no no for sure and i think they helped with that i think because then i don't know whether it came it probably came after but the the uh like the xbox connect um and then the ps move and the ps their own like motion control system uh, came for casual gaming and whatnot. So I think, no, they really, they, they blazed that trail. And I think it was the, the beginnings of like the VR systems that we have and, and whatnot, because they started the motion control stuff, which is what the con- the controllers are for VR. It's pretty mm-hmm. much the same thing, you know? Yeah. So they did, they did start something, but uh, as a person who, who had played a lot of video games in the past and I was not hardcore, but I still had this like, pride in serious gaming and i'm just glad they're back you know what i mean like yeah they i feel like they were just laughed at as a company and that to me that stung because i had a lot i really held them dearly as a company and now it's like we're coming back the comeback is on for sure yeah and it feels good you know so that's the show guys uh so uh you can find us on social uh we are on twitter at Cerberus Trilly 2, that's spelled C-E-R-B-E-R-U-S, capital T-R-I-L-L-I 2, and that's the number two. Um, on Insta, we are at Cerberus Trillion. Uh, on Snap, we're at Sir Trill, C-E-R-T-R-I-L-L. And then we have a website that's under construction at <laughs> CerberusTrillion.com. And I guess you could go to the website, but there's really nothing there at this point. Um, yeah, uh, to continue, we've got Cerberus Trillion YouTube channel, the Cerberus Trillion dev blog on Medium, the Cerberus Trillion Facebook page, Cerberus Trillion Discord, and Cerberus Trillion live streams, which are coming up here. Uh, we will be posting on our social media when we are doing those. So uh, keep your yeah. eyes on that. Dope. Yeah. See you guys next week. Uh, be excited because we're doing we're moving on to the uh, variation uh, section now um, and this is actually getting to some I guess what people would you know are more accustomed to when it comes to design and everything this will be really familiar uh, so hopefully um, so yeah be excited see y'all next week see boom yeah that was fun uh, a good trip down memory lane mm-hmm. yeah. that's what I love about video games guess what it does like that's all my entire childhood is video games virtually not all of it but like from the ages of like seven to 15 was video games Mm -hmm. the golden era the golden era of gaming end of my childhood yeah yeah everything else has just been downhill work responsibilities (laughs) and shit god damn yeah you kind of do it to yourself though i well no no well okay no from 15 to like 19 it was like mandatory school now i have responsibilities i gotta do but from like 19 to now it's like i'm definitely putting it on myself yeah for sure yeah it's like good shit it's good shit. and it'll do you really well later in life but yes. you're definitely doing it to yourself i am doing it to myself yeah
Yeah. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were always yeah. like that though. Like you, you always, you didn't back away from a challenge or you always wanted to push yourself. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but not this much. Now back in the day it was, uh, I guess, lax. Now I'm kind of, there's an urgency, but either way. Yeah. Nah, you'll be self massive. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay just play an old video game and i'll take you back yeah i really want to play age of empire jesus i need to play some video games yeah we'll be streaming at some point either this week i'm hoping this week or streaming you playing a video game yeah I do you make funny comments are you funny I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm funny. funny. Yeah, why are you putting this pressure on me, Kim? I just want to do it naturally. Just like, it. Oh, and just like, have fun. But you're going to make me funny. I think you're funny if you just let actually say what you're thinking. Oh, I mean. Do you filter it? No. Yeah. No. Hey, we don't filter this. This is not filtered either. Except for. You're trying to be professional stuff. right now. Right now? No, like on it. You're like, you're like trying to be professional. You weren't like. I'm tra- well, no, I want it to be coherent. Because if I was the yeah. way. That I like, if I didn't try and make it go, it would, nobody would understand what the fuck we're saying. <laughs> they wouldn't know what the podcast, they wouldn't know the subject of the podcast, they wouldn't even know we have guests. It would be chaos. Chaos. Utter chaos. Which is why I think if we did it live, oh my God. Dude. Live. Like live stream? You could do like, you could do stream, like yeah. a one, one live stream would be kind of funny. Like, I, th- I don't know. I feel like if y'all have like, people who like watch every episode. I think it's really cool. Like whenever you have podcasts and they do something that's a little bit more off script, especially if you've been invested in like eight episodes, you're like, it's kind of cool. Like once you feel like you really like kind of know the person to like mm-hmm. even see more of their personality. Mm-hmm. I think people would respond well to it. We'll have to find uh, some I mean, realistic within measure. You get pretty yeah. weird, Mita. So like, well, okay. you're not ready well, for it. <laughs> you said unfiltered. I did say <laughs> I did. Well, wait, I want to hear what your favorite video games were. Was I saying, when I said my favorite video games, you're like, oh, she maybe played some video games. You're like, she was so fucking basic. I can't believe she only played Age of Empire and Sims, be honest. I've, oh, I've your never favorite played video games? Empire, so. I never played Sims. So it's but different. I did play, okay. Oh, it's very different. Like, I played. Uh, I just have no concept of like my like experience versus others. Well, I think it depends on when you started playing. You know, like, how old were you when you played Sims in Age of Empire? Um, I started playing Sims probably when I was in like first grade because my grandma's Damn. house was in the middle of goddamn nowhere. So like literally on a farm. Okay. So if we weren't outside, like if it was winter, so we couldn't mm-hmm. be outside for as long before we like froze to death. We played a fuck ton of Sims and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh Yu-Gi-Oh my God, cards Yu-Gi-Oh. And Yu-Gi-Oh. Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh. cards. Oh. I had my own Yu-Gi-Oh deck. I still have my own Yu-Gi-Oh deck. Yeah. <laughs> I was the bigger person. <laughs> Thrown shade? Yeah. Thrown major shade. I'll, shade. Like I'll take the shade. Slight shade. I'm too bright. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that, well, in first grade, what the fuck was I doing in first grade? Definitely playing uh, Yu Gi Oh! And I was playing the Game Boy Color. Ooh. Game Boy Color. I played Harry Potter and the Sorcerers. And no, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and the Game Boy Color. So that's a, that was a big clunk one, right? Oh, the clunk one. Yeah, clunk yeah. It was, wow. it was, oh my God. I still have my Advance. My Game Boy Advance oh, is God. like, has the charger and is at my house mm-hmm. and I can still play Pokemon on it. That was, beautiful. that was a beautiful experience. Yeah. It was either that or like Nintendo 64 playing uh, Mission Impossible. Ooh. I played a lot of banjo 2D with my cousin Jessica. Banjo. We'd wake up early. We'd wake up at like 5 a.m. and play banjo 2D. The we'd play the mini games they could play against each other. Banjo 2D. Banjo 2D. Yeah, fucking what it is. is I played weird shit apparently. I don't well. Uh, and also, um, how do you spell that? B like banjo. Banjo. And then T O O T I E. It's like a T- whole like video game universe. Like oh, it has characters. Oh. T- yeah, I, it is. Two E like this. Yeah. Okay. What the hell is Banjo Two E? You're about to fucking find out. <gasps> Wait, what the? F- you didn't know about Banjo Two E? No, I know about Banjo. Oh, this is no Banjo and Kazooie. 
that's the that's the title on my game, not Banjo Tooie. No, I think oh, there's, there's another game called Banjo Tooie. Are you serious? Universe. Well, apparently, look at what Google says. What the tits? So there's Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie is different than Banjo Tooie. Oh, is Tooie a different bird then? Yes. Wait, wait. So this came out in 1998. Okay. Where's Tooie? I'm trying to make sure here. What? That it's you played the OG game? No, no, no. I'm trying to make sure. Like, when did this come out? This came out in. uh, 2000 mm-hmm. this is the sequel it must be another extension like another storyline with the same i didn't play the storyline i literally played the mini game, games on it so there was one where you had you'd be a bird and mm. you'd have to pick up eggs but the eggs are what you shot at each other and different eggs were different things so you could have yep. like a grenade egg or a fire egg or an ice egg or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. and me and my cousins would wake up like ungodly early and we would play that yep and we'd play it for hours. We yep. didn't get bored of it. Mm-hmm. That was the best part about when I was younger playing video games. I didn't get fucking bored of anything. Yep. That I played it for hours and it was always funny and always a good time. Mm-hmm. And I bet if I tried to play it now, I'd get bored after like 40 minutes. Yeah, legit, Ryan. If you get time to get another emulator, get the N64 emulator and play either Banjo Tui. I don't know, that might have been on the N64 or Banjo and oh it is. It, it is, is on, on N64. N64. Play both of them, Banjo Tui and Banjo Kazooie. Um because the storyline in Banjo Kazooie is like the storyline, the play is amazing. Oh, huh. it was kind of similar you know, to it reminded me a lot of that Purple Dragon Purple Spike Dragon. Spyro. Spyro, yeah, yeah. it has the same that. graphic quality as the Purple Dragon. Yeah, I've seen that game. That, that looked interesting. I know, like some dude, yeah. like my freshman year, had a Nintendo sixty four, and he was like playing that. I'd never seen it before, though. There's also a game I played on the PlayStation a lot and I was at my cousin's house, Zach and Nathan. And one of the things you could do is kind of similar to Grand Theft Auto, but it was aliens. And, but like in Grand Theft Auto, if you committed a crime, the police would chase after you and you had to escape the police. Destroy all humans? Maybe. Oh, can you not hear? Why can't you hear me? No, I can. No, no. Let's do it. Let's do all of our discussion through this. We'll just keep this. It's, it's been recording. Yeah, oh, no, I, yeah. As we're talking, let's just do it through here. So, yeah. Oh, it's like the, the thing, but we can we can just throw this in there. I've been able to okay. hear you guys. Sorry, keep going. Um, I was playing. It's maybe is it called Destroy Humans? Could you look it up? I have Destroy to see what it looks like. Yeah, it's like a. There's an alien. You're like a person, and the cars float. They don't have wheels. They like oh. they're all hover cars. Well, say the name of it. Maybe not. He said destroy all humans, but I'm not sure. But you, all the cars float, and you can like steal bikes. And my favorite was, and you'd have different levels of threat levels. So like the police would be like threat level green would be like the police are kind of looking for you. Orange is like okay, they're kind of pissed. Red is like they're gonna find you at all costs. That's not the right game. That's not it. Um, uh, okay. it's for PlayStation One because this is an old game. Okay, so and it was. I forget what it's called, but we fucking loved it because what we would do is you just run around and steal people's shit until the police hated you. Or you'd like steal a police car. That was the quickest way to get them pissed at you. You'd steal a police car, then you'd like run over pedestrians and shit and like just cause havoc and try to avoid the police. No, No? hover cars. This is like futuristic alien planet shit. Uh, Um, Hover cars, hover bikes. It kind of looked... um, no, the gameplay was not dark. It was like, it was like happy. Do you Yo, know what I mean? Like, it Ryan, was like, oh, aliens this. are going to eat your face. It was like, Ryan, aliens are yeah. happy. If you find it, share the, share the screen because I can't find yeah. it. Kind of, not happy, but um, um, maybe aliens in the right world, but like alternate universe. You know, like it wasn't humans. It was some sort of, um, I bet if I, I could text my cousin and get back to you, but sure. we played a fuck ton of it and we just liked it because it just was really fun to like cause havoc by stealing cars and trying to avoid the police and you'd like it was really funny if you ran into things and it was you know what i mean like you just would watch all of us would be watching and we'd heckle each other and um what else would i play a lot when i was younger we played a lot of age of empire that was always fun mm-hmm. sims that's on the computer though so like mm-hmm. and it depended on what we played on like whose house we were at because everyone sure. had different gaming consoles for the most part and like did different games and liked different games mm-hmm. um played some lord of the rings my cousins were really into lord of the rings so then of course i had to be into lord of the rings <laughs> and 
and we played like a I think the PlayStation had a Lord of the Rings video game. Mm. But I don't know what else I played. I played my Game Boy Advance. I played a lot of Nintendo on like the DS. So I got like pretty good at Mario Kart. That's one of those games that I actually would like start beating my older cousins at. Mm. Have you played the the newer Mario Karts? I that's the thing. My video game playing severely dropped off. I say when I went into high school, um, just because like I didn't have as much free time, or like my free time was taken up by like sports and school activities. That I didn't really like play as much Nintendo. Um, our Wii was pretty much forgotten once I went to high school, where we used to play like Wii sports a lot, or we play. Um, different, you know, other Wii games. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's called Wii Play, where you could do like cow racing and tanks and stuff. We loved mm-hmm. those games. Um, but yeah, honestly, I haven't played video games like I did when I was younger since probably when I started tenth grade, which for me is like when you started high school. At my high school, is like that's when you moved into the high school building and things like kind of peated up a bit. But and most of that just mm-hmm. is that I'm just I got busy and video games was something that like. I just, I didn't choose to like spend my free time or like my homework breaks playing video games because I quickly found that it was never just a 10 minute break. If I started playing a video game, it would be like an hour and a half later. And so, cause I just get like sucked into it and you're like, Oh, just like five more minutes or like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna keep, you know, you lose track of time. So mm-hmm. instead I found it easier to like, Oh, I'll just read one chapter of a book. And that usually, mm-hmm. you know, is a much more firm closure than video games for me, so. Yeah, no, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding some dark shit over here, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's what I have, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, Man, there are, like, a ton of GTA games, though. There were, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. There's 1997's the first one, and then there's one based in London in the 60s. It's top really? down. Good God. Then there's like San Andreas. Yeah. Uh, when did they start like naming them like one, two, three, four, five? Um, might have been Grand Theft Auto 3. Okay. I think. And then. Like this was a game that like in the bottom right hand corner of your screen, you had a mini map, you know, like a circle. And in the circle, it would have like your objectives if you got close enough to it. Hmm. Or it would have red dots, would be the police officers. Kind of like Grand Theft Auto, like where you could. Right, like right in Grand Theft Auto, that's like red dots. Yeah. The police are looking for you, and if you were in trouble, the entire screen would pulse red. If the police were like definitely going to kill you, but it wasn't Grand Theft Auto because it was like spacey. Like you had like you didn't have guns. You had like laser beam shooters. You know, like what are they called? Like phaser guns or whatever. And they had hover cars and hover bikes. Huh. It's not space invaders. It's not Space Invaders, yes. That's an interesting idea. And there was a storyline to it. Like, you had to go talk to characters, and they told you to do different actions for them. But my cousins and I thought it was really funny to, like, kill civilians and piss off the police and then have to avoid them. And we would see how long you could avoid them. And the idea was just like in Grand Theft Auto, if you avoited them for long enough, then they would stop looking for you. Then it would go, like, you know, go from red to orange, and then from orange to green, if you could like hide from them long enough. Huh. What the heck? I'm probably. Horizon. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly, but I, I, I'm sure that I'm not describing it well enough sure. because to me, that's what it was—is was avoiding the police. But I'm sure the game was like something completely different. It is just it had like, an aspect. Uh, was it third person? Um. Yes, it was third person. You could see yourself on the bike. PS2 here. It wasn't super open world but it probably was more so than other games like it was it wasn't like as open world as what's that what is it the the game with uh, the nuclear fallout that fallout. open world yeah okay it's it wasn't like, that open okay. world as fallout it had more structure to it I think because hmm. it had like edges of the map that you couldn't leave wait how old were you when you played this um probably second or third grade second or third grade that would have been seven or eight which would have been PS2. How how long ago was that? That's uh twelve years. Yeah, two thousand six. It's either PS1 or PS2. Yeah. Uh, let me just do this. Die Hard game. There's th- there's what? 
game based on the first three Die Hard movies. Huh. That's interesting. God, this is crazy. Shit. There is a Destroy All Humans, but it's... I say the only one... Hmm, that came out in 2006. And that was actually a good game. You played that? No, apparently. It, apparently it was good. That blows oh. my mind. <laughs> Um, who the hell knows? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Really Games have progressed pretty fucking far, though. Looking at the yeah, they have. everything these, mm-hmm. we have evolved, man. Who knows where they're gonna go as well? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well. I'll text you and. Sure. I could call Nathan. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Nathan. Good. Okay, this is really bugging me because I'm trying to remember this game that we played a lot at your house. It was that game where we would steal like police cars and like bikes and stuff, and they're all hover cars, and we try to like avoid the police. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, this is not the point of the game, but how we played it. Uh, Jack 2. Jack 2? Oh my God. Fuck. That's it. That is totally it. Jack 2, look that shit up. Oh, and we would play, we would steal the police cars, yeah. we'd like run over pedestrians, that's totally it, I'd love to steal that car. Uh-huh. Oh my god, and we'd always want to steal the bikes because they were faster, and then you'd uh, like kill people as you're running from the police, and we'd try to see how long we could avoid the police. I have never played this game before. Dude, I cannot tell you how much I love this game, strictly for stealing shit. Kill, you could kill civilians and steal cars, like carjack cars, and it was so fun. Because, like, they'd be, like, speeding mm-hmm. past you, so you have to time it right to, like, do the right button company combination to, like, jump on the car and, like, punch them out of it. And then you can control <laughs> it. And you, like, throw them out. What a great way to grow up, you know? I just, Dude. uh, it was, the, it was the golden age. Of, yeah, like, video games know? are so fucking complicated nowadays. All I want to do is steal shit and make the police chase after me. Cause that's you still funny. can. You still can. I don't know. This I feel like crazy. Oh. What? Well, yeah. Seriously, if you can play it on Steam or something, like it was, I'm not sure if it came before Grand Theft Auto, but it definitely was either inspired Grand Theft Auto or is no, it's in the same. It's in the same uh, class. Like they came out roughly at the same time. It's a a competitor for sure. Yeah, then it definitely was a competitor for Grand Theft Auto. It Mm -hmm. was less violent in the way that like it was robot cops and. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like super over sexualized females walking around and stuff because oh, yeah. it was like not that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why my cousins had it instead of Grand Theft Auto because it was similar and it was a lot of fun, but was what our parents figured was a little bit more appropriate because it was clearly not, you know, humans mm-hmm. and yeah. it was like most of the bad guys and stuff that you would hurt and stuff were robots and it wasn't mm-hmm. like super yeah. inappropriate yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Grand Theft Auto kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, still is. <laughs> still is. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Still is. Still is. We're just older, yeah. so we're like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Sick. 